Hey guys, how y'all doing? Fine. Great. Looking forward to this. Are you really? Well, it's a pretty easy chapter. Did anybody consider this their favorite chapter? No. Yeah, no way, right? <laughs> I thought it was really fun, though. Um, you did. I liked going back and meeting the people on the the settle, settlers on Mars. Yes. The people in that. Chicken pox prospects. Chicken, these freaking names that they named their places. What? That, what was the other one? I forgot. It was like, it was like uh, Winnie the Pooh. Uh, no, oh, it was oh. Backspit something or other. It was Flax Blackspit. I think it's Backspit. I highlighted that actually, like of of the of the things that I highlight, which are usually names. So that was a name. Oh well, I put it in my spreadsheet as Black Spit, but uh... it's Flax Back Spit. Oh, it's back. All right, all right. You believe him, but not me. Got it. <laughs> well, two out votes one, and there was voting in this chapter. Oh, who doesn't love a good vote? Well, we're back to talk about chapter eight today. The Three Sigmata of Palmer Eldritch, past the halfway point, comfortably into the second half of the novel. And this chapter takes place entirely on Mars. Barney has arrived at Chickenpox Prospect. He is now the new roommate for the three couples that we met back in chapter three or so. Sam Reagan and all the others. And it turns out that that is the entire population of that hovel. Six people, now seven. Now we know how they live a little bit more because of this chapter. They It sounds like they eat together. Oh, yeah. yeah. They just have their own little rooms where their play mats are laid out, their perky-pat layouts. They're done with dinner before 6 o'clock, and I'm like, what? I don't think they have a lot to do. Even it's so. Boring, man. I would not want to be a colonist if I didn't have a job to do. Well, why don't we go to Mars and meet the family? Where do they live again? Chickenpox Prospect in the Feinberg Crescent. They're one of several hovels in that area. And Barney Meyerson has been deposited by a UN ship. And. No, it was a sand crawler. I assume he didn't sand crawl all the way to Mars, though, right? Oh, well, fine. Well, they didn't have that part. But yes, at some point he got to Mars and then he had a sand plow, auto sand plow, drop him off with all of his stuff. Mm-hmm. Which wasn't a lot. Usually people try and, like, you know, basically cram all their stuff with them. He brought paperback books. Yeah. Which is what I would do. Well, let's meet the family, shall we? Norm Sheen was the apparently self-appointed official greeter to their hovel. Him and his wife, Fran, they do give him a warm welcome, but they also were... They didn't throw any blinders on. Welcome to the place. You'll love it. Norm was better than Fran. Fran was a buzzkill right from the beginning. (laughs) <laughs> We're not going to sugarcoat it for you. It's not great. <laughs> Barney's all, well, a little bit of illusion of what's going on here might have been better than what I'm getting right now. <laughs> she said, it's not too dreadful. It's just dreadful enough. <laughs> that Fran's a card. That's what it is. When Barney shows up, the women take note of him, and he notices that they notice. He thinks that they're noticing, but you're talking about when they start bickering about like, well, you started off by like putting your hand on his shoulder, that kind of stuff. Exactly. So there was that component, but there was also like, he thought they were interested. And then, yeah, she put her hand on his shoulder and then they were arguing about it later. They were in public in front of everybody. Yeah. It feels like everything is done in front of everybody. And I mean, there's a lot of stuff going well, on. Well, there's like no that. filters because you're constantly sharing consciousnesses. And you can't really hide anything from anybody. In this communal setting, we all have to get along. And if we don't, it's not going to work. And so shared body, shared conscious, shared sex lives. 
help keep the peace. And there are many forms of vice, not just the drugs, but the physical gratification of their intimate relationships helps keep them going. And I guess it's called like descent into hell because everybody here has a vice and it doesn't seem like they have any... Either they lack moral compunction whatsoever or they've just resigned themselves to to not caring about morality or decency. Does that make any sense? I equate this whole thing to about a, a descent into hell. I don't know if I would be that severe with it. I think that they don't have anything to look forward to. Sam said something funny about make small goals for yourself, look forward to dinner, look forward to pleasures, try not to think too far into the future because it'll just make you crazy kind of a deal. Yeah, try to get by one day at a time. Baby steps, essentially. Just get through the day, get through the day. But Sam's also the one that was ready for a more powerful experience, which they have none of them tried choosy yet, right? They're all making their decisions in this chapter based on the availability of choosy, but a drug which they have never tried. Why on earth would you vote? Not, I guess, I mean, it does kind of make sense. They don't have any money, but... They had to pool everything together, right? I would try it before I voted to keep it forever. There's good word, I'm assuming. Good word. There's a good word out there. Do you believe advertising? The, the only problem that they, they wonder is whether or not it can be used with you know, the perky the layout. pat layout. Yeah, because that's that part's unclear. And they have invested a lot of money in their layout. I mean, I assume that even when they're not doing candy, you know, they scrimped and saved and they got a new piece for their thing. And they do have a new piece for their thing today. What was it? It's like a book thing. It's very interesting. We'll talk about that. The great books, right? They probably get some joy, and it probably it excites and enhances their desire to do candy just every time they even look at that, maybe even just a bit, because it's way better than going up top. Did you notice that none of them care about drinking? Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like this would be a place where drink would just be rampant. Yeah, Barney asks. He's like, hey, do you guys have any alcohol? And they're like, yeah, we have some gin. It's free. It's, f- it's free. The UN just dumps it on us, but nobody drinks <laughs> yes, it. Yes, but it's free. But then why was it in a locked cabinet? Because he had to go get the I, key. I noticed that, too. I noticed that, too. I mean, if nobody drinks it and it's free anyway, why, do, why lock it away? I don't know. Maybe it's judgy about alcohol. You know, there's a lot Maybe. of free will that's taken away from people during alcohol. Even later on. It's a very questionable thing that uh, Barney does with Anne. Yeah, no kidding. We'll get to that. You know, I mean, he takes a... It's very polite, and it's not like, it's not anything bad. You're talking you know? about the kiss. Yeah. But she wasn't... A liberty was taken, you're right. Yeah, that's what I meant, yeah. It's a liberty yeah. that was taken. She gave him every idea that she was ready to go. Anne. Yes. Yeah. She. Yes. This is what I was born for. I mean, this is my calling, is to come out here and do this no that's not what i mean i mean when she's talking about like how easy going they are when it comes to sex and how she'd be happy to try that she just right now in fact and he just kind of like blows past it i see what you're saying i thought you meant beforehand but now it's like that he didn't notice but he noticed that the women were looking at him in a way that he's like interesting to them but he didn't notice when the girl's like yes i want to have sex right now yeah but also it kind of reads like this dude really thinks a lot of himself at least when it comes to ladies. I would have seen that from Leo, but not really from Barney until right now. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, he didn't really avail himself of that opportunity. He didn't. Maybe that was a, a writer coming through more. And whether it's Leo or or um, Barney, it really doesn't matter <laughs> in that regard. That's, that's certainly possible. Well, the dude was divorced five times. 
<laughs> so I don't think he had a real firm grasp on healthy relationships. This character divorced, um, up and leaves his lover to come to Mars, and then the first thing he's thinking when he's traveling is like, "Oh, this chick isn't so uh, she's good looking. <laughs> she's a good looking." Then he's like scoping out the ladies here, and if he's, you know, he's judging them, judging him because he's really probably a little bit more into himself, really. Right. So last chapter, I think it bears repeating that he, he basically dissolved. Like he, him as a person, he kind of died on Earth and then got shipped to Mars where we're finding him now. Yes, he has a renewed sense of purpose. And he came here with that renewed sense of purpose. And keep in mind that Anne did too. She gave up her life voluntarily and came here with a sense of purpose but she dropped it immediately she is the i think subject of this chapter i think it's her character death that's occurring in this chapter and i think barney is witnessing it and recognizing it in himself as well as her right, so we're going to talk about that mostly is what you're saying i think that's the most important part of this chapter. Right, there's a few nuts and bolts about this chapter i think we should talk about uh, the vote and then Barney meeting up with him. Okay, well, give me context first. and go ahead. Well, um, Barney's here, or when he last talked to Leo Bolero, mm-hmm. he's like, work for Blau, get over here, make sure everybody wants to use candy, talk horribly Choosy. about Choosy. He was supposed to get involved with Choosy immediately and then file that report with the UN that it was no good and it was causing problems oh i guess this would be a way to undermine it make sure the vote goes through so that everybody uses it and then he can say oh it made me sick well do you remember when impy white came and barney approached her because these people in the hovel were like afraid to confront their drug pusher impy and so barney was just like i'll talk to her i'll deal with it it's a tough job and they're like oh thank you and so he goes and talks to her and he tells her that they're going to use take choosy instead of candy. She's like, why would you want to do that? It's garbage. And she goes over in this long diatribe over how bad choosy is. Everything he's supposed to say about it when he uses it, right? She has a financial interest in maintaining her piece of the pie. And they said it's like a million chip deal for her. So he notes, and this is where the religion comes in. It's like, wow, she's just as fanatical about her product as essentially Ann West. And he said, I guess it doesn't matter what the subject material is. And so it's true. Politics, religion... Heritage, sports, people get fanatic about stuff. It's not even religious in nature, but they have this full belief, this blind belief. Well, this thing is affecting her pocketbook. Don't you think that that's all it really was? Well, money's uh, one of those things, too. Well, oh, yeah. You get fanatical about money. Oh, you can be a fanatic about money, but I don't really take that philosophically. And neither did Norm Shine when Barney relayed that information. He's like, she took it philosophically. And he's like, no, 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 that was all about money. Well, Barney's interpretation is that it was um, fanaticism. Fanaticism, yes. Right. But she also said that she would go over to sell Choosy if the candy stuff dried up. So I don't really see it. Mm, all right, fair enough. Well, I thought it was thought in Barney's head that that's what would happen. I think he said it out loud. He and said she, it out loud. She didn't answer. She, that she did would not do that. deny it. And I think that's that true. it's it's a yeah. it's an on the mark mm. point that he made. Well, I mean, you know, if you're if your job is to sling stuff and nobody wants one product, you better start slinging something else. But, and we found out from one of the husbands, there is already a person out there. Like he's he was picking up UN salt. Yeah. You know, and as he was g- picking that up, there was a guy there was like, Hey, psst. I've got the new better product. 
Yeah, yeah. So it's like at seven thirty at night, they're gonna like shoot like a firework or something it's a like flare. that. A flare. And then they'll know to come and sell choosy. Well, that's they said that yes, send up a flare and they're gonna like launch this something from their satellite and show up. I'm like why, why, why make it that hard? Why not have a, you know, a, a store where you can go buy it if it's already UN sanctioned? It, aren't the aren't the UN officials from this area actually getting paid by Imp? So they're making money on the side. Don't have to worry about taxes on that. I think the distribution network that Palmer Eldritch was trying to wrest from Leo Bolero has not yet been wrested from Leo Bolero. Right. Well, that's true also, yeah. So he hasn't gotten the opportunity yet to set up shops. He's having to send people out to distribute. But I think that will change in time, especially if it's a superior product and people want it over candy. MP White is just going to de facto switch over to selling Choosy. You know, the distribution network doesn't have to be stolen. It just has to have a better product. Well, why don't we pick up essentially where they kind of scrounge together the last little bit of candy they have. And they want to indoctrinate Meyerson with it to show him what they've been doing, what he's now going to be missing, because they've already voted. They're moving on to choose Z. They're very sentimental about the fact that they're not going to be doing candy. One last Half time for old time's sake. I think all of them are. They don't seem to be all that interested in the Perky Pat layout anymore. Somebody mentioned it. They're kind of sick of it. It's all materialist. They don't, they're not into it. How do you think the voting went? Was it on a gender uh, basis? Or I, I'm pretty think- sure Sam voted to switch because, remember, he wanted something more powerful. And he said he was burned out on the Perky Pet layout. Uh, who was it that said that it was too materialistic for them? It wasn't uh, Sam. I thought it was Sam. Was Let it? Me, I thought it was. Let me look it up. I thought it was Tom or Todd or whatever the name is. I don't know. Did you notice the Mary Reagan got his name wrong? Mr. Garrison? I did, yeah. It was Todd Morris. Todd Morris was saying he said tired it was too it. materialistic. So I think Sam and Todd probably voted to go to Choosey, but I can't really say about the rest. I mean, I really don't know. Who was it that was holding on to a stash of candy? Ooh. One of the wives, I it think. Was one of, well, yes, it was definitely one of the wives, but I don't remember which one. So I assume she voted to keep to candy. I know it wasn't Fran Shine. It was Helen Morris. Todd's wife. And she said she had a little stash, enough for three quarters of an hour. But that's for all six all. of them, or seven of them. Yeah. Which is, meh, whatever. But you well, know those other ones have squirreled away some, too. Just saying. I would assume so. Did you? He's like, hey, do you, does anybody have any squirreled away, you know, under the... Septic tank or whatever. Oh, my God. Why would you store it under the septic tank? For crying out loud, find no. a better place. No, 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 no. Uh, it, well, I guess it is a septic tank. I was thinking of, like, a toilet... And how you put liquor where the water is, you know? Yeah, you yeah, hide it in the toilet. In the back part. That's not hiding it. That's conserving water. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, people put, like, a brick in their toilet to... Exactly. Yeah. Um, or, you know, you wrap up all your cocaine really nice and That's tight, where mine so it's is. Sealed, it's yeah. in the toilet. Definitely. So, when I was thinking septic tank, obviously... Um, I know what a septic tank is, but I was just thinking uh, as a toilet or the back end of the toilet where you might hide stuff. Like I know that. it's the reservoir. I'm pretty sure he meant septic tank. Well, septic. I was just, I was just making it today. Hey, that you know. had better be like a quadruple watertight container. <laughs> today on the West Coast and not in like farmland, you know, where I need a 
a sump pump or whatever that's called. Oh boy. Okay, that's going. On. We're done. We're done. Yeah. All right. So they're agreed that they're all going to take some candy together, and Barney is a little hesitant. And once they have all started chewing, he does too. But he's a little behind them, and then he gets up and he spits his out as soon as they're all recumbent and out of it. I think that was awesome, and he he didn't do it because to trick them, he just couldn't do it. And I am one of those people that I'm like, I've never done drugs in my life. I'm not going to do drugs in my life. I don't feel a need to do drugs Alcohol's in my life. Alcohol is not a drug. It's legal. You know what I mean. And, uh-huh. and I don't do it for moral reasons. or be, I just I do it because I'm health conscious, if that makes any sense. You can keep my, um, my stupid stuff in it if you keep this in. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, Yul. I agree 100%. <laughs> I just don't feel a need to do it. No one's trying to give it to you, so that's fine. What Perky Pat really reminds me of is uh, supposedly Timothy Leary. He would chart all the different types of ways you can do acid and how you are going into it and what you do, what you think about when you're actually tripping. And he would go through all the different types of like things that he could like experience so that if you needed a guide to get through it, there's a way that's been charted. You know, that's basically what he was doing. And I feel like Perky Pat is very much like a way to focus so that you can do this tripping that you're doing. Uh-huh. Okay. I see. I wonder if the layouts would even work with Choosy. Yeah, I think you don't need them. You might create those anyway and say, look at all the Perky Pat I can have without even buying all the Perky Pat stuff. And then eventually you'll be like, well, this is equally as boring. Well, maybe I can, again. All the layouts in the mints were referred to as foci or foci Foci, in this chapter. And so I wonder if if you're not exactly correct, Yule. But is it like a... Like Like a guide. When we play Dungeons and Dragons sometimes. You got to have a miniature, man. Mini, yeah, you got to have your minis. Well, I was thinking... um, It's like magic users and stuff. They need like something like a, a focal point to... To do their, or there are priests, foci, but there's also material components. In yes, and, right. and a priest for almost everything. They need their uh, holy symbol right. as their focus. So Barney bails out. Why do you think he did that again? I think Philip's correct. I think he, he didn't just... do it to avoid them. He just didn't want to, and he just kind of came to it last minute, and he ends up being the only person in the hovel that's conscious. It's kind of a weird thing because, like, here he had the ability to actually experience what all he had been doing previously to coming here, what it was basically for. What? You know, the mints. He's the prefash guy, right? Yeah. And it's so that people will buy them, put them in their play, their um, layout, and then they'll take candy and go experience it. And here, he has never experienced this stuff, it sounds like. Yeah, he never did any product testing. And, uh, like... I, I mean, it's cool because, you know, this chapter goes in a different direction for him anyway. I mean, also, it's really familiar with people you don't know immediately. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. spend an, almost an hour with these three dudes in the body of Walt, and that can be weird also. Well, he would have gotten to know them really, really well. Yeah. But he didn't. So To me, it didn't explain why he didn't do it. It's not important because it was really just a... It's just a reason to get him alone, so when Anne knocked on the door, he would answer it. Maybe. Is that the only reason? I mean, yeah, it is the only reason. 
conveniently, he didn't take it, and otherwise, you know, Anne would have just showed up and knocked, and nobody really would have answered the door. And then she would have gone back, and she would have chewed candy with her cellmates, and Mm -hmm. probably, yeah, her life course would have changed. You know how you had Palmer Eldritch as this messiah, or either he was, or you had uh, Leo Bolero as uh, the anti-hero or something. I think Barney is actually in the same position. He came here, and he's going to be the solid moral rock within you know, a den of depravity. Does that make sense? I don't see them as being particularly depraved. I see them as being bored out of their minds kind of prisoners this is an avenue that i mean it's just very peaceful they don't hate each other they make fun of each other they know each other very well they have sex with each other it seems at least a couple of them right they're not so crazed that they're like out there killing each other we're not coming up like an alien colony or anything like that where everybody's dead well they did boot anybody from the hovel who didn't agree with them philosophically no, it was to it was to eject people that were ideologues. Everybody's just got to learn to get along. That's like their rule. You have to get along. And so if you're trying to convince other people to believe a particular way, you're not trying to get along. You're trying to change people. So out they had to go. And we find this out when Anne shows up and she's had chewed all this candy and she's like tripping. She chews it there in front and of And they Barney. start talking about her when they come out of it with Barney. I got a huge kick out of this, right? What did, what did they choose to do when they all took the candy? To read books. To listen they were, to books. Um, the great books, as it were. And it's like the great novels. It's Moby Dick. And on and on and on. Yeah. And the thing is, is we can affect them in the layout depending if we want it to be Moby Dick the comedy. Yeah, I know. It, or yeah, or more Moby Dick the drama. You know, or the sad, I the guess sad the version, drama, but... the comedy. They listen to all sorts of different stuff. Um, and same as the original version, and but in the the, I'm definitely going comedy on any Bible yes, stuff. Yes, but the that's what I'm. <laughs> yeah, but the, vis, the the visualization can be in a format of an artist that you know. And then you said like you know Dolly or Picasso or whatever else. So you. It also sounded very much like a comic book for me. Oh yeah, I, mean, yeah. I was like, this is very much like a comic. Well, book. I just but the choice, and this is funny. I guess I got a huge kick out of this was the Meditations of Marcus Aurelius, the Roman emperor. And the format was comedy. And I'm like, how could that be funny? How could you make something funny out of that? I have no idea. It's like stoic philosophy, which, you know, I just said I hated philosophy, but that one actually kind of sounds interesting. And it's about just his diary and his random thoughts. On the analysis of one's judgment of self and others and developing a cosmic perspective, and I think that's exactly what Barney is doing right now. He's analyzing himself and others to give himself cosmic perspective. So it's like the perfect description of what Barney's doing right now. I personally can't wait for the Perky Pat layout addition to this book series when they do true crime. I'm picking comedy on every single book. True crime comedy. Helen Morse said she was going to suggest uh, St. Augustine's Confessions. And she was going to do comedy. How could that be comedy? It's like religious philosophy. Oh, maybe it could be. Never mind. Have you ever seen, like, uh, Monty Python's... Uh, uh, sure. Ah, uh, oh, what is Life it called? Life of Brian. Holy Life Grail. Life of Brian. Holy Grail, yeah. So, yeah, you probably, you probably could make it funny. And if you are making it funny, it's because you are... You don't take it seriously and you have no respect for religion. 
Does that make sense? I don't have respect for true crime books. You know, that's for podcasts like this. Mm. <laughs> but um, I, I, I agree. They don't have respect for it. They We, we know later on that they we said they don't want ideologues involved in their little hovels. Yeah. You know, they want the same type of people. And it's edgy to want to take very serious stuff and very droll stuff and want to make it, you know, humorous probably. That's how I feel. It's edgy. Have you guys ever seen that movie with Keanu Reeves and Ashley Judd? And I think Al Pacino's in it too, but I'm not sure. It's called The Devil's Advocate. I remember that movie, but I never saw I, it. I kind of feel that way about this right here, where people are corrupted morally. And, I mean, essentially, on the ins- they may seem nice and they may seem great, but on the inside, they're rotten. And I kind of feel it's a very similar circumstance that we're facing here and the good guy in this case isn't pure he's done he's not a pure person but the good guy is barney mayerson do you think sam reagan is corrupted because at least in the previous chapter that he was in he was looking for more i I think so too but i think he's searching for enlightenment but uh, the corruption is is extremely subtle generally speaking people act nice but it's what they are on the inside that is the vile part. Maybe I'm exaggerating with vile, the words vile and the words depravity, but I think there's a lot to that. I don't think any of these people have value. They bring no value to society. If anything, they're trying to corrupt Barney Mayerson right now and, and bring him down to their level, and he doesn't fall for it. So that's, I, to me, the religious part here is like the temptation of Christ. And I think it was, I don't know, I think it was well done. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does to me. All right. So he doesn't fall for it. So he spends some time by himself, and that's when the door gets knocked on, and that's when Anne Hawthorne shows up. She has not already been chewing candy. She shows up, and she's having a mental nervous breakdown. She's shocked. You know, she she thought she was prepared, and she's not. No, she thought she was going to be the one doing the converting, and she's not. She's not going to convert anybody. She's fully Nobody aware. Nobody will this. have what she has to she's say. She's only been here for a few hours, and she's absolutely despondent given up yes completely given up she just wants given to go up, home man. but no i mean barney's trying to make her some coffee and he's like trying to bring her around he tries to make her angry to kind of get her onto track doesn't seem to have the right effect and in fact all she does is pull out some candy that she did buy recently and starts chewing it she doesn't offer him any she just goes in she bought that it's cheap right now because choosy's here <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah choosy's here. <laughs> I, I think that was important to know a little bit there too it's already happening whether everybody's making these votes it sounds like yeah yeah switchovers happening well barney was nice enough to steer her away he's like you're not you're missing the point the point is you do this with other people so you can like join with them so he steers her into the other room and sits her down with the other six from his hobble she took candy almost like it was sleeping pills or something. It yeah. felt like it, this is very a suicidal. I mean, I, I actually I didn't know. Can you take too much of that? I don't stuff? know, but she's only been here for like a few hours, and to absolutely give up on your who you are and what your beliefs are with I mean within hours. That's like when I went to my first comic convention and you walk in one of those rooms and it's like a local furry convention. And it's like that you'll sh- that'll sh- shake your faith and in humanity right there. I mean, oh, wrong room. I was just looking for the bathroom. 
So were they. Exactly. You know, the truth is, I want to go to Comic-Con again, because the time I went with you guys was one of the best times of my entire life. <laughs> and it's for people watching. Like, I mean, it's great. It is definitely for Things people Things are amazing watching. there, but people watching was just through the roof entertainment. So, yeah, you brought up before that uh, Barney had brought this book called The Imitation of Christ, which yet another religious book, which I don't know much about that one, but I think it's what it's, the purpose of it is to try to be, try to imitate Christ, try to make yourself a better person. And I think that's what the book is about. And she just like read it for like, picked up, read it and put it down. But Barney already had that. I'm like, why did Barney have that book? That's like serious religious philosophy. And he's like, oh, I bought it, but I never read it. I'm like, of all the things you could bring from Earth that that you will have for the rest of your life, you bring that no book? I've got some of the books that I mean to read are like those books that I haven't read because I got to be smarter for them. You know, I have to be able to really take my time. And most of them are like of a, a scholarly nature. So, yeah, um, I could totally see bringing that, but like, it might always sit on your bookshelf, but that's like the thing that always keeps you going on that you're going to, you know, you're going to read that someday. I kind of, think. I didn't think about that Yule, uh, but that's what it, that, that, that plays right into what I was saying is like the book is important because on a subconscious level or maybe a fateful level, he is on the path of, of Christ, right? How to be a better person. And that book is perfect for him. Hey, Etienne, you look something up. What did you find out? I can't remember the name. Oh, all right. Never mind. That was... <laughs> it was some Graham Greene novel. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, there's this like famous book that's about the life of peasants or pe- common people in London. And I can't remember the guy's name that did it. I keep coming up with Boswell and the life of Johnson. But that's just It's so wrong. There's something correct about it, but this is wrong. But the right. idea is basically what Philip said, that it's a character development trick where you've got a book sitting on a shelf and it's supposed to transfer some meaning about the person that owns it. And that's what the imitation of Christ is doing in and amongst his luggage, a book that she has read. She said it was a great book. It's fantastic book, Mm. but she didn't think that he was actually going to read it. Well, you know how it is like ATN, you know, I've said this before and I do the same thing. When you go to somebody's house and there's some books on the shelf, you, I look like when I went to your house today, I'm like, I was looking at your book, and you're like, hey, uh, sorry about the mess. I'm like, no, I was looking at your books. I did. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's anything that someone... Well, it helps if I like the thing that's over there, like a book. But it could be CD collections, or someone's statue collection, or... It's a way to passively get information about somebody else, to find out a little more about them. All right, so we watch Anne Hawthorne. We watch herself die which I think is the same thing that happened to Barney in the last chapter. We see her go through like the throes of death before she chews her candy and she translates and she goes and joins the other six. May I ask you a question? So Barney went through something similar. What was the thing that shut him down? Was it just the rejection of Leo that easily or that? No, I think it's a metaphor, man. It's a metaphor and it might've been a little sloppily handled. Yeah. I think, (laughs) I think his reality, his entire reality was uh, whatever, not just shaken, but kind of destroyed. His identity was obviously locked up in his job. Yeah. So when he loses his job, he loses his identity. 
And that's pretty much when Anne realized that she is not going to have any foothold in what she was supposed to be doing. Her identity was locked up and her being a proselytizer, somebody on a mission who's going to go and convert people. And when she finds out by arriving that they're like, no, 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 you're not doing any of that garbage to us. Like it immediately has the same effect that Barney's loss of his job had on him. You have to, you you then start questioning who you are. I think the self has to die first. And then when you come out the other side, you're like, okay, so what am I actually all about? I can't go on Barney. Yeah. It seemed really super weak of her, but when you're an angel in Sodom and Gomorrah, (laughs) I know, right. You know, it ain't good for you. I don't, I don't Uh, know that she is an angel. I don't think she is. She has no strength of character or will or purpose. And to give up her faith on, Within hours of showing up, I think it's... What does it say about Barney that he's like, I love her. I have to love her. I'm going to marry this girl. She's mine. Stay away, you guys. Like, he met her on the plane, and then she came over here. And yeah, oh, you brought this up earlier. Like, she goes under, right? She takes the drug, and she slumps over uh, as she... She's just fading away. And he reaches down and, like, kisses her on the mouth. And I'm like, dude, one, you just met her. Two, that's assault. And she's she he, she says like you what like you're kissing me is all you won't remember this. She yes, said I'm still awake. Oh my god, this just That's right. I was disturbed by that. Okay. I wonder if at one time I might not have been disturbed by it, but I was also. It definitely was a, a thing that I focused on. You know, is it just a sign of the times that this is like something that I think it's a sign of the times. Then the question is, when this was written, was it supposed to be creepy? No, I don't think so. I don't think it was supposed to be creepy. I think it's supposed to be one of those things where it's like the strong man kisses the woman and the woman's like, oh, you've saved me. Right. But it's just sloppy. I think it's just sloppy writing from the time. That might be true, but she does say I'm awake still. Yeah. You know? Yeah. As in she's, she's acknowledging what he's done, but she did not protest. Notice. For sure. Well, that was the, the it's also kind of like maybe like sending her to 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 happy land and since you're gonna be there all by yourself in a little bit <laughs> no she's not gonna be there by herself she's gonna be there with three other women and three other men they wake up without her they do because she chewed so they much do. it's also her first time using it mm-hmm. in fact fran said earlier could get to chewing so that we can get get in sync because I don't know if I've said this on the show or not, but, you know, there's nothing worse than trying to... You You never catch up. You You never catch up. No, you can't. They said it would be good practice for her, though, because, one, she got to go into Candyland with a bunch of other people. They said she was having trouble learning how to kind of fit into the body and, you know, work it because you have to share, right? Um, right. And then after she kind of figured it out, she's allowed to spend time there by herself. So they said it would be good practice for her. But why practice when this is the last time anybody's going to be doing candy? Right. Yeah, it's kind of what I right. was thinking. Who who was saying that it would be good practice? Was it one the, of the ladies? Women. One of the women. I, I think that the women voted to keep candy. That's what I think. You think the women are being um, materialistic and the men are being philosophical? Considering that, considering yeah, the sign of so. the times, <laughs> if only because of the sign of the times. But and they get to be glamorous um, and wealthy and hot. One of them is apparently already hot. Yeah. Maybe two of them. You know, maybe just the fact that it's called the Perky Pat layout. You know, it's uh, it's the lady character um, in the whole thing. 
the whole shebang. Well, I don't know. Somebody's tired of it, and they're moving on regardless. I think there was a masculine perspective at the time to be non-materialistic, and there was a, a feminine drive at the time to be materialistic. In the very least, they need a new or washing least, machine or a washing machine or something it, like what that. What image based? I don't know about the times. Like I don't know what was going on back no, then. No, no, no. What I mean is, though, they did specifically say how you couldn't do something in the layout if you didn't have it. And one of the things they were talking about was like one of those um, conveniences of the house. Okay. I can't remember which one exactly. So choosy is a better product than regardless. Mm-hmm. Because you can just have it, whatever. You don't have to have the layout. It's more egalitarian. Everybody can afford it. You don't need the dumb layout. And it lasts more than 45 you minutes. You never need to stop, also. And you can live there forever. You can have eternal life in fantasy land. Yeah, so... Within a matter of seconds, They also. don't know that yet. Right. But they're gonna, they're gonna figure it out. They're gonna figure it out. I'm sorry, when everybody but Barney is under the influence of Candy, um, he has this... I don't know, this run of thoughts where he wondered, is this desperation? Exactly what I saw Anne do just now with the candy. Gulp it down because there is nothing else, only darkness. It is this or the void, and not for a day or a week, but forever. So I've got to fall in love with her. And I've thought about that. And so it's like this weird thing that he did to give himself purpose, stability, or an anchor to hold back the darkness because he doesn't want to do candy. Um... And so this is like her, Anne, is his drug. She's she's the focus. Yes. She is going to be his drug and his focus. Yeah, exactly. Super unhealthy. Yeah, and he just met her and does, knows nothing about her. And he, he seems to be absolutely, not anti-religious, but religious ambivalent. And she see, was like an ultra-religious uh, fanatic. And now she says nothing. So she seems weak and lost. So... Why would you? Why would you hitch your wagon to that? Yes, exactly. No matter how good. I'll tell you is. why. Because we've uh, we've compared Barney, at least in this chapter, to a Christ-like character, mm. and in doing so, this would be like what a Mary Magdalene or something. Well, uh, 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 he wants to be the Jesus, the Savior to this character. Yeah, but this person, I don't know. This is, and if not that, then. In doing this, and it might not be healthy, um, it is giving him purpose to keep on going on. And that is... um, He says at the very end that he wants to help her Mm -hmm. and that maybe thereby he can help himself. Yeah. Which is awareness of self and others. Right. Remember, he's he's reborn. Yes. He's not the same person from last chapter. He's a new person now. Yes. I know somebody who got reborn also. Well, Anne's going through the painful birthing process right now, I think. Who else do you think got reborn? Oh, I was just talking about... Well, it's not reborn. Who? What? What are you talking about? I was thinking Jesus again. Oh, he was resurrected, dude. Yeah, that's good enough. The death and the resurrection. Maybe these aren't really rebirths, though, because... Well, obviously. (laughs) Well, if Barney needs to... (laughs) Sorry. I didn't mean it that way. Thank you. Um, thank you very much. Thank you very little. Um, I'm, what I'm saying is, yes, it can be a rebirth for Anne, but maybe Barney, maybe it was more of a 
and just a resurrection because a lot of his old self, his old tendencies are actually still going on. Oh, the way he yeah, looks I'm at sure women, that. the way he... Um, that wasn't the problem part that needed to be reborn. <laughs> <laughs> the needing to put energy into the lady that he's... He he says that he wants to marry her. Yeah, and hands off everybody else, y'all. But also because he knows what these people do. And he's like, I, you know, he probably is like... This is the last unspoiled person in Mars. I don't want you, uh, you freaks handling her. <laughs> huh? Maybe, maybe just maybe I, uh, I should, uh, hook up with her. That's when they talk about how, um, the ideologues, how they're not so, so, um, big a fan of those people. Right. Well, I mean, they think about it. About her. Think about it. If you, if you live in tight proximity to a whole bunch of people, right. Right. And one of them is a crackpot. You have, uh, you just got to get rid of that person, man. I mean, but, you've got to have harmony in those close quarters. You have got to have harmony. It's like a commune, you right? You do. Yeah. So, like, Barney can kind of temper her and her religious religiosity. Maybe they're, like, yin and, and yang on the opposite ends of the spectrum, right? And maybe and Barney could be married so they don't have, like, odd numbers also. That would definitely be a strange thing, right? To have just rando dude show up amongst three couples. What I don't get about this whole thing, it became obvious, is that, like, people don't go visit other hovels. And I don't get that. Like, they just stay in their own hovel and they don't leave. I'm like, I would want to get out of my hovel. I would want to go talk to somebody else. I would want other experiences. How did Anne have to dress to get here? She wore a thermal suit. Yeah. Because it's cold. Right. Yeah, I, but apparently that's all. There's no there's no air requirements, right? They can walk out on the surface and breathe the air. Yeah, it's like putting on a coat. Big deal. Yeah, and so it was only a half mile away. I mean, like a half mile. Right. I'm sure people are mingling, Philip. I'm sure they are. Again, it's a, it's a literary convenience that they have. You know, this kind of isolated community here. At least when they're picking up salt, they see yeah, each other. Probably. Maybe. Well, I think uh-huh. I think it's like no matter who you are, and. I, I, just to back reinforce what she's saying, I think people will be attracted to like-minded people so that everybody gets along, and that's just how it is. Like if you are a religious nut, you're not, you're only going to hang out. You're going to hang out with a bunch of other religious nuts. Yeah, exactly. And I don't, I don't, I don't see why that she would just give up so quickly when she should go. Fi- she could go find those religious nut hovels and be happy as a clam in her own self segregation. I think it was important for Barney to see her collapse mm. in order to recognize that he had collapsed. Again, I think it's just a little bit on the clumsy side. It was an author thing. He needed it to happen. Mm. I mean, look at the very end of the chapter when he's explaining to us, the reader, essentially, what's just happened. He's trying to figure out how to salvage the situation. And it's an untenable situation. It's They're in a bad spot. Like, this is forever. Going back to the sign of the times, when they're like, oh, like, he just met her. He's like, I'm going to marry her. And I think maybe more people uh, in the past, they had marriages of convenience or it was more of a partnership. But now people marry for the silly concept called love. Well, like she had no choice in the matter also? Yeah, pretty much. They were like, oh, you're single, I'm single? I'm going to marry you. It's like, uh, are you? <laughs> are you really? Uh, it's like... All those settlers days, you know. You only have so many people to choose from anyway. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. Who knows? And Who knows? all of a sudden it's Carousel or something. That's for the uh, MGM fans out there. I don't know what that is, but okay. Yeah, you got me, man. I'm sorry musicals you know oh get out of here 
Yeah, I got Joel. Yeah, I, I know, I know, I know. I just don't like. Music. I got my, uh, I got my, uh, my Mars mate already. What if you got drafted, Yule, and yeah. Joel was like, "No, I'm not going." <laughs> right. It's just like going to prison. Well, I hope I'm sitting next to Anne on the plane yeah, over. Yeah, me too. Well, she sounds real pretty. She sounds, except she has a little ball on the end of her so nose. So does Buffy. Said. Look at Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah. She's got the same nose. Really? Cause she, I mean, I yeah. could live with it, but it's definitely the thing I'll be like hating on. Seriously. The, all know. right. So like, let's wind. That'll be let's, the one Let's say thing, that the chapter know. is over. Yes. And then we can just kind of go wild. Well, there's no, there's oh, the okay. very last thing. Cause you talk, you mentioned it, but didn't talk well, about it. Well then bring it up and let's get it over with. No, so yeah, the dude. very last sentence, uh, two, last two sentences, like he, as in Mayerson, uh, had an intuition that otherwise they were both finished. Uh, Mars, for both himself and Anne, would mean death, and probably soon. And I think it goes right back to the death of self. I don't think he literally meant they would die. They might, though. I, I, I didn't interpret it that way. Well, let's hold it and let's reserve judgment until a couple of chapters from now, because who knows what could happen on Mars. Um, I agree with you. I didn't take it literally either, but... Well, he does say it's an intuition. An omen. Know. He said it was an omen. Her giving up, it was an yeah. omen. But he had an intuition that otherwise they were both finished. But he saw himself and what had happened to her. Which makes a lot of sense, don't you think? Yeah. Because what, sure. what just happened to her did just happen to him. Well, he seemed to handle the transition fine. Are you kidding me? Last chapter. His transition was, was last chapter, yes, though, last not this chapter. chapter. This was the response to that. Yeah, well, his translation or whatever his transition. Dude, he wanted to marry his wife again. To, yeah, his ex-wife. Come back with me. Come with me to Mars. Come with me to Mars. No. Yo. <laughs> was there any time Was there any time when Barney Mayerson was talking to his ex-wife and he was telling her, you, you shouldn't be doing the, the evolving. You yeah, seem that Mr. You're Bossy Pants here. Was he ever saying that because he really believed that or just because she was like rejecting him and stuff like I that? I don't know. We had the, I'm, I'm editing I know. that episode right now, so I just finished editing that, that section. And I, I don't know. We didn't, we didn't come to any kind of conclusion at that time, and I don't think there's a conclusion to come to. Well, when you go back to your ex-wife, you're definitely weak. And he was not handling he it. He had well. a low moment last chapter. That was last chapter. It was just last chapter. She is having her bad moment right now. He is aware of it. He's recognized it. He sees it. I think he knows what to do. I don't know. I thought this chapter, um, it was a little like I did not enjoy the first half of it. I understood the second half of it. I'm not really sure what I should be taking with me into the next chapter. Like, hmm. We seem to be getting farther and farther afield from Palmer Eldritch. <laughs> that's the truth. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> if there wasn't choosing involved, we would be f so far away. I know. It's like in the middle of the book, we met up with you know his his representative, or his, we got as close as we've gotten to Palmer his Eldritch. His avatar? The, like, midpoint. Right at the midpoint of the book. And now it's like we're going down and further away from him. That's what it feels well, like. Well, I mean, it's it's called the an anti not an anticlimax, but there's like a mini climax. I don't know. What do you call that when it's not a true a faux climax? What, what, what climax are you referring to? When, yeah, when you finally yeah, actually one, yeah. got to meet Palmer Eldritch, and you didn't really get to meet him, but you met him, and he got to talk, and he got to interact, and he told you his master plan and everything else. So that was an exciting, gratifying moment because you've been building up to that for a while, and now. You're coming off of that 
And we're getting a lot of religious philosophy and... Bleh. Yeah, true. And for all we know, this is still just Leo Bolero stuck in prison. Well, why would he be dreaming about Barney? I don't know. No, this know. is not... No, this is something different. But it's just like, do you remember that time when I lost faith in the author when we were reading uh, Steven Erickson's book and like the heroes uh, met the other guys in the Gadrobi Hills? Remember that? No. You don't remember yeah. when the heroes met uh, the the bad guys in the group, Gadrobi Hills? When What's-Her-Name-Stabs Yeah, no, I do. And, uh... I'm giving him right now because of, of the very imprecise language that he's I can't using remember to try to give me a specific piece of information. Fine. Lorne. Remember Lorne, Lorne that's right. and her, her Lorne lackey? Lorne and Tool, Krupp. and uh, then there was Krupp. Marilio, yes, Crocus, and uh, and you Crocus, guys were like yeah. that was so amazing, and I'm like, oh, I was so let down after that because then it just we did the exact same thing at Happy Year. I was like, there was so much going on, and then nothing really happened, and then I'm like, oh, it was a fake climax, and then I felt let down. Well, I mean, there is no real convergence yet in this story, so if there is going to be one, it will be a while. We got a ways to go. Yeah, I mean, the book's not over. We got. Uh, Four chapter, five chapters, something still. I don't know how he's going to cram. I don't. I don't know where the story is going. I don't know. <laughs> I have not been able to predict anything about this book from the get go. Like none I, of my predictions have come true. It's. I just stopped. Predicting. You notice I'm not predicting I mean, they either. Made such an effort to let us know that this guy is trying to fight coming to Mars, and then he just did it. Yeah. You know, and not only that, is any of that stuff. I'm Palmer Eldritch said that he is influenced by the prox what are they the proxes proxers the proxers and they're gonna like in invade us by giving us the best drug we've ever had yeah (laughs) thank you very much i'll take two exactly (laughs) hero dose (laughs) that's a true story and you know that I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, it, it does. It feels like we fall farther and farther away. Is Barney doing what Leo wants right now? I don't uh, know if Leo has anything to do with it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think Barney right. is his own man as far as that goes. But, like, I have wondered if Leo isn't the actual Christ figure and Barney is, like, the son the of... The first apostle. I don't know. You know, maybe like one is one is supposed to be God and the other one's supposed to be the son, but that would mean that Barney has to die. Right? Oh, he did. He uh, he did. D- did he? He it was the death did of self. Did he die for did he die for the sins of mankind? He died for his own sins. Well, then he can't well, No, it's be just like Jesus. Figure, uh, Jesus and God are the same. That's why they call it the uh, the triad. It's like God sacrificed himself <laughs> no, to himself. That's a that's an Asian mafia. That's uh, the um, the Holy Trinity. The Holy Trinity. Yeah, that's and the that's Trinity. the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. <laughs> yes. And it could be uh, the Father being Palmer Eldritch, although he's got the stigmata, so I guess he's more Christ. I think. Yeah, I think I it's know. on the other side that we're supposed to be experiencing the Christ figure. To be honest. Yeah, I mean, but even still, I mean, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Father Leo. Father maybe, Palmer, maybe Holy it's Ghost. a, um, it's kind of like a one of them is the real deal and the other one is the fake deal, and people are choosing between the two drugs. False prophets, which yep, one might be a false prophet and the other might be the real deal. So one's heaven, one's hell. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, what if uh, what if the three stigmata were actually the three individuals that we're following 
They're maybe, sort of falling. Maybe. Hard well, to say at this point. And like I said, I don't really want to speculate because I've been so inaccurate. Well, to, so to meta-read it, it does say the three stigmata of Palmer Eldritch, implying that he is the one that... Where? Where does it say Right that? on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, what? Oh, yeah. Although we aren't privy to having that really cool cover that has the face Oh, I know. On. Oh, we my have... gosh. It's so creepy. So now we look at that picture and we see a real mangled person and we count the, the different things that's wrong but with you, him. This is not the thumbnail. The For those of you listening, this is not the thumbnail. He's referring to the cover of the Daw edition of this book. So you can look that up and see hey, Yes, everybody look this up because it looks like he is a, uh, blessed with holiness while also having demon wings. I don't get it. It's crazy. And with like alien eyes. It's so creepy. The cover was done by Mr. Bob Pepper. Nice. Highly highly sought after mm. cover. Have you ever sold one of those before? I've never even seen one before. Wow. And you travel all over the place. They're very find... rare. They're very rare. They're very expensive. Wow. They're expensive. Why are they so rare, if I may ask? Because nobody has ever let them go. Mm. Gotcha. The, the, the people that bought them the originally bought them and kept them, and they, they are not circulated. Well, when I worked at uh, a used bookstore, it wasn't very often you'd see Philip K. Dick come in. Not, no, no, it's not. It used yeah. to be pretty common, but it is not anymore. Right, it's and just, it always you price that up. Well, in paperback, it's they're really uncommon. Right. All right, do you guys have anything else to add? I think this was a metaphysical and challenging chapter, which is near the bottom of my favorite chapters so far, but yeah, okay. you know what I would really, uh, what I really wish is that there would literally be a Cliff's Note version uh, written by the author to explain what the hell he was trying to teach us. You know, like you can watch movies with the uh, like director commentary and stuff. I yeah, you need commentary. Yeah, I wish there was yeah. that for this book for the author to explain to me what the hell he was thinking and what is going on. Unfortunately, you have to read some uh, some books instead, or watch a YouTube channel that knows something about. Do it. a lot of research on everything that he mentions, because I think that he is mentioning it for a reason. But at the same time, like I don't think it's particularly it's obscure. That we understand really obscure it. stuff. The only reference he gave that I comprehended was uh, uh, when he related the colony to the Roanoke Island colony, mm. and mm. they were like, "Oh, it's supposed to be permanent, like Roanoke." And I'm like, "Roanoke was <laughs> that's where everybody disappeared." Do you remember? I wasn't there, actually. No, do you remember the story? Yes. And we didn't mention it in the podcast, but I was like, wait a minute. that's You're, you're saying it the opposite of the way it happened. It's like it wasn't permanent. Everybody there just disappeared mysteriously. Well, the, the implication was that everybody went home. But that's not what happened. Well, I don't know what they thought or knew in that time. Like in the 1960s, what the the prevailing theme or thought, the prevailing idea about Roanoke might have been that they upped and went home. How? Right. On a floating log? I don't know. How did they get there in the first on, place? On a boat. Yeah. Which left them there. And it didn't. Dude, I don't know. My point is, we don't know. Conspiracy theories. Let's, that's, we're done. We're done. All right. We're coming back for chapter nine in a few days' time. Join us then. We'll see you in the next one. Thank you, everybody. Good night. All right. Stop your recordings, please. Even though it's not night.